0: This episode of the Consulting Pipeline podcast is brought to you by One Page Lead Generation Site. If you heard the last episode of this podcast, episode 64, where we heard a question from Ryan about drawing a line in the sand and, you know, finally getting over that threshold where your courage is greater than the fear you're feeling about defining and declaring a focus. Then um, you may have wondered, what do you do on your website? How do you start to make those changes? And that's why I want today to point you to One Page Lead Gen site. That's a website I've put up where I have a template that may give you some inspiration about how to do that. It's not, I think, the only way to create a website whose sole purpose is to generate leads, but it is a pretty good way. And most importantly, if you're like a lot of folks, one of the things you hate, you might love staring at a, uh, a blank code editor, but you do not like staring at a blank page for what needs to become a website. It's helpful sometimes to have a starting point, a template, something you can work from or modify. And that's what One Page Lead Gen site is. You can find that online. The URL's a little funky, so I'm going to spell it out for you. It's the number one, the word page, the word lead, the letter's G-E-N dot site, S-I-T-E. So one site is where you can find that. It's there. It's just, you know, please rip it off. Please steal this template. for For a lot of folks, it's going to give you ideas about how your website can do something other than talk about you and your interests, and your hobbies, and why you're such a great developer, and give you ideas for how you can talk about your clients, their problems, their needs, and how you are ideally suited to help them solve those problems. So again, that's one page leadgen.site, the number one, the word PAGE, the word LEAD, the letters G-E-N all together, dot site. Warning experimental episode of the Consulting Pipeline podcast coming up right now. I believe something that I cannot prove, and I want to share that with you. What I believe, and actually I believe more than one thing that I cannot prove, (laughs) and when it comes to specialization, I I want to have as much proof for you as possible. This is not per se about specialization. What I believe but cannot prove is that uh, something I've heard called working out loud is beneficial for you, even if you are an expert, even if you are claiming to have exceptionally valuable expertise. I still think it's valuable for you. I do it. I see others do it to varying degrees. I rarely see it actually have any actual negative effects. I think most of the effects are overwhelmingly positive. When I say working out loud... I'm going to actually know exactly the first time I heard that. <laughs> it was when I was working um, back in my "I'm a writer" days, back in my generalist days. I was fortunate to be acquainted with an excellent project manager named Chris Canals. Not sure where Chris is working nowadays. For a while, he worked at uh, this company Explain in uh, Portland, Oregon. Chris was a great project manager, and I heard him say this word one time, and it always stuck with me, and even to this day, I think it's a a valuable practice. So he said, working out loud, I've also heard it called working in public, the idea is that you create visibility into what you are working on before it's done and before it's perfect. That's really it. That's the idea. How do you do that? Oh, my gosh, I've seen so many ways of doing it. Screencasts on YouTube of something you're working on or any video publication distribution channel you wanted to use. Tweeting about stuff you're working on. Showing in-progress samples of it. Talking about little miniature failures along the way, things that did not work out, things that did work out. Um telling your email list about it, inviting uh, feedback. These are all things that to me fall under the umbrella of working out loud. And the reason I, I wanted to bring it to your attention is that it may for you be a useful tool in your marketing as a specialist. I think the primary concern about working out loud is the idea that it undermines your expertise. It perhaps sends the picture that you have not got everything figured out or that things don't come easily to you. I don't know. Something like that, I think, is the fear or that you'll just embarrass yourself by doing something dumb in public view. But there's another side to it that's not as obvious. It does generate trust. It does create I'm about I'm going to see if I can say these words without vomiting in my own mouth as I say them. they're They're so tarnished by their usage, um, but the word is uh, it does generate engagement. It does give people a reason to pay attention to what you're doing, maybe because it's not yet another perfect apple-like, polished product that appears to have been created by gnomes and wizards in the fire of some volcano, it resembles real life a lot more. And that's interesting. And for some people that solicits their interest and their curiosity and their, again, engagement. It builds trust, I believe, because it demonstrates strength of character, the fact that you are open to criticism, to feedback, to, you know, being a human and making mistakes and, and course correcting. So I think there are reasons to do it that to me are more compelling if you are someone who has, you know, focused on this path of specialization and expertise. Working out loud may for you be a valuable tool. I hope if it is and you've been holding back a little bit that maybe you try it in the next week or month, in some small way. I'm not sure what that would look like for you. Uh, there's a lot of diversity in how you can do it. But it's, it's an idea I wanted to bring your attention to and uh, encourage you to consider. So, here we are at the end of another episode of this podcast. As Confucius said, they must often change those who would be constant in happiness or wisdom. See you next time.